Alan Gray and this is Gippsland Showcase Podcast, a daily podcast showcasing the wonderful region of Gippsland with events, places of interest, peoples of interest, plus news, happenings around the area, all situated here in the southeastern part of Victoria, from the north of the region to the south of the region, from the east of the region to the west of the region. It's Friday the 7th of May 2021 and something a little bit different as the podcast continues to evolve. And Fridays, I've decided. Well, it's going to be a bit of a highlight day. What was the highlight? Uh, what was the highlight of the uh, week? Is uh, whether it be the Tuesday trek or people that I talk to? Well, um, it's uh, people that I talk to this week. And well, one of them is well, the one that I actually you would have heard on Thursdays was about Saltcraft Gippsland. And as I made mention to it, it was one of those. That ever since my days in community radio, I always wanted to uh, learn a bit more about Saltcraft Gippsland. So we'll hear that interview from the president, Aaron Mason, and also the young Gippslander living in Trelgan, and he's um, he's the director of Bi Racehorse. So I took the opportunity on Monday's podcast to learn a bit more about Bi Racehorse. So that is uh, what's coming up on today's program. But so Fridays will be as the will try and be a bit of a highlights highlights day of the week that's what's coming up on today's podcast weather up shortly the rosedale butchers family owned since 1977 situated on the princess highway in rosedale on the left if you're traveling towards sale and on the right if you're traveling towards Tralgan. Open from 7.30am to 5.30pm Monday to Friday and 7.30am to 12pm Saturdays. The team at the Rosedale Butchers are proud of the fact that they source their produce locally, from the highest quality meat to the most succulent fresh fish products that you are guaranteed to delight in. So whether it's a blade roast or smoked products such as bacon, strass or cabana to the freshest of fresh fish, pop in and say hello to the friendly team in Rosedale. Or you can place a pre-order. Just phone 51999210. Also, to keep up to date with the current specials and what the team have been up to in preparing products, make sure you like them on Facebook. Rosedale Butchers, sponsors of Gippsland Showcase Podcast. And just in a great idea for Mother's Day, they have had a selection of prawns delivered and you know Mum will like prawns for Mother's Day. And uh, they can be ordered from there getting quick I don't expect prawns to be around long and also while the Rosedale Butchers are closed over the weekend and on public holidays and you're wondering where am I going to get my meat from the Rosedale Butchers they're, they're closed well never fear they do have a selection of products available at BP Evans in Rosedale on the opposite side of them just up a few doors from them and um, yeah they had as I said there'd be a selection there of their small good products over the weekend until they reopen on Monday time to check Gippsland's top temperatures as you go about your day today and first of all Phillip Island Rill and Wandagi all expecting 20 degrees the Trove Valley, Tralgon and Maui all expecting 23 degrees. Sale, Drew and Lee and Gatha and Warrigal expecting 22 degrees. Wilson's Promontory, Mount Borbor. Um, uh, well, Wilson's Promontory expecting 18 degrees. Mount Borbor, 13 degrees. 
Bensdale and all boss expecting 22 degrees, Lakes Entrance and Mallacoota 20 degrees and Omeo 21 degrees. Now on to the top temperatures on the weekend as today is Friday. And first of all, Phil Byland 18 on Saturday, 17 on Sunday. Real 19 on Saturday, 18 on Sunday. One Thaggy 19 on Saturday, 17 on Sunday. For Latrobe Valley, Tarragon and Maui, all expecting 20 degrees on both Saturday and Sunday. Sale 21 on Saturday, 20 on Sunday. And Druin 19 degrees on both Saturday and Sunday. Lee and Gather 19 on Saturday, 18 on Sunday. And Warrigal 19 on Saturday and Sunday. Wilson's Promontory over the weekend 16 on both Saturday and Sunday. Mount Borbore 10 on Saturday, 9 on Sunday. Bensdale expecting 21 on Saturday and Sunday. Orbos 21 on Saturday, 20 on Sunday. Lakes Entrance 20 on Saturday, 19 on Sunday. Mallacoota 21 on Saturday, 20 on Sunday. And Omeo 19 on Saturday and Sunday can expect 18 degrees. For a toy shop of delights and simple times of yesterday, come and embrace your inner child at our pastimes 296 Raymond Street in Sale, where you'll find toys, games and puzzles for all ages from 0 to 99. A great range of products available to take a step back from the technological era we're all getting ourselves into and enjoy the wide range of toys, games and puzzles that are hands-on and encourage quality family time. With products such as wooden toys for babies and toddlers, educational toys for school age such as science, numeracy, literacy and steam models, construction kits and blocks to build with, creative and imaginative products, Jigsaws, logical puzzles and games and lots more. Plus, for the adult children, check the U-Gears range and wide range of board games and puzzles. Open from 9.30am to 4.30pm Monday to Friday and 9am to 12pm Saturday. Make sure you call in and speak to Maxine. Make sure you search and like for Our Pastimes on Facebook. Our Pastimes, sponsors of Gibsane Showcase Podcast. And something a little bit different as uh, the podcast continues to evolve, and I do hope you're enjoying it as I'm as much as I enjoy bringing it to you. And I've decided to make Friday's a bit of a highlights uh, day, looking back over an interview or two, or whether it be the Tuesday trek, and uh, bring it to you again to feature as part of highlights on Friday. Well, today it's a chat, not one chat, but two chats I had. First of all, with the president of Sawcraft Gippsland. And um, I have to say that it was one of my one of my uh, missions to actually find out more about Swordcraft Gippsland from my days in, in community radio, and I finally made it happen this week as host of this podcast. And also, we learnt about a young Gippslander, only twenty one, uh, from Tralgon, and he's uh, he's director of Buy Racehorse, and found out about that uh, that um, idea as well. But first of all, just taking a trip back to yesterday, Thursday, and you will remember the interview with about Swordcraft Gippsland. And I spoke to the president of Swordcraft, of Swordcraft Gippsland, uh, Anthony Mason. Joining me on the line is Anthony Mason and the, the president of Swordcraft Gippsland. How are you going, Anthony? Yeah, not too bad. How are you? 
Yeah, it really will. Now, as I said to you, well, before we started recording, and I, in my introduction, I alluded to it, Swordcraft Gippsland is something I've always wanted to sort of look at a bit further in my days in community radio and now doing this podcast. Um, I probably gave a pretty lousy explanation. I'll just, I'll get you to explain what the group is about and how, how it started in Gippsland. Yeah, so we're um, a regional chapter of um, Swordcraft. So Swordcraft itself is a live action role playing game. All right, yep. So yeah, we basically um, get together and we dress up in costumes and stuff as our characters. So I assume, I assume it's medieval costumes. Yes, yep. It's um, Swordcraft is actually based in the Warhammer world, which is a popular sort of a tabletop gaming uh, world. Yep. And um, yeah, so we um, we have all our characters and um, we dress up and get together at Gippsland at um, once a fortnight on Saturdays. Yeah. Um, so every second Saturday and we get together and have um, big battles down at Agnes Berriton uh, Reserve in mm-hmm. Now when you say battles, they're not meant to be like any harm done, are they? No, so it's all safety. Um, the, the weapons we use are um, foam, although yeah. they do have like a fiberglass core, so you still have to sort of pull your blows a bit. <laughs> yeah, correct. Yep. And they look quite realistic. Um, and then, but all the armor we use is all real. And um, yeah, but it's a lot of fun. We actually have a pretty low injury rate. Really, it's gone. It's easily comparable to most sports. The biggest injuries are usually just twisted ankles and that kind of stuff from people running around. Yeah, well, I don't need to be doing anything to do with Swordcraft for a twisted ankle, unfortunately. But um, that's, that's a different story for another day. So let's talk about your involvement. How, how did you become involved in the in the um, in Swordcraft? So um, I uh, actually used to travel to Melbourne. Uh, Melbourne that's been running in Melbourne probably ten years now, I think. Yeah. And um, then some of the other local people um, decided to start a local chapter, and then as soon as I heard about that, I jumped in on that. And um, so we started in Gippsland. Uh, we're actually coming up to our 50th anniversary at the start of June. Okay, yep. So you've been going for half the time of Randomant Mill, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, now, um, there's something happening at Lardner Park later in the year. Now, can you, I'll give you explain that. Yeah, so um, Swordcraft has uh, an annual event, obviously. Um, last year's was cancelled, but yeah. this year it will be in. I believe it's the date is late September, running over into October. Yep. Um, and so that's a week-long event. Um, so it's being held at Lardner Park this year, um, and that's basically a camping event. Mm-hmm. Um, people go there, and yeah, they they live in character for that week. Um, for the, for the whole week, you so they they're in their medieval gear for the whole week. Yep, pretty much. Okay, as yep. soon as you've got one day to set up, and then after that, you're in character. Basically so you stay in the medieval even right through the night, do you? Or? Yeah, I mean some people that live close by might go home and stuff like that, but there is facilities. That's cheating. Here, they, That's cheating. Exactly. Yeah. It's not a real experience. <laughs> you stay there the whole time. Yeah. But um, yeah. So there's massive battles. They have a town set up. Um, there's lots of um, like quests and sort of a lot of role play and stuff like that. Different uh, ceremonies and things yeah. people put on and. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. All right, well, I'll get you to just, before I uh, carry on, I'll just give you to describe a typical gathering meeting, whatever you like to call it. I'll describe a typical ga- gathering. Uh, so at our regular game days, um, so we'll have, yeah, at Gippsland, we usually have between 40 and 60 people come along. Um, There's that many people that want to do this? Yeah, so that's at Gippsland, Melbourne. That's what I mean, in, in Gippsland. There's that many people that are interested in this. 
Yeah, um, Melbourne gets two, three hundred every Friday. Um, uh, at Quest, they actually get about six hundred people for the week. Uh, I thought forty, I thought forty to sixty was pretty impressive. But there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's it's um it's a growing hobby. Um, it's a lot of fun. The community's really good in it. So you know, you can find your different groups of people in there, and it's, it yeah. you, it has people from all walks of life too. There's you know, you have anything from. Um, myself, I'm a tradie, and we've got a lot of teachers and police officers, to yeah. uni students. And, yeah. yeah. All right. So I'll get you to continue describing a typical gathering. Yeah. Yeah. So we um we get together, and um so there'll be a we the way we do it in Gippsland, there will be two different leading teams. Yeah. Um, so people um sort of make their war bands, we call them. So they're sort of like their own individual little teams usually ranging from, say, and, 3 uh, to 15 people. And you're sure this is completely harmless, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, okay, all right, <laughs> carry on, carry on. So normally your war band will be like, a, they'll have a similar colour scheme and it's sort of like a little unit. They'll, mm-hmm. like, you know, they just, they'll have a certain name and they wear the same colours and stuff like that. Okay, yep. And then, yeah, so for a normal game day, you have two leading sides and um, we generally break, break it up into four different rounds. Yep. Uh, each round will have a different objective. It could be just wipe out the other side or capture their flag. Just to put it bluntly. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something like that. And then, and then yeah, we um, fight it out and see who wins that game and, yeah, do it all again in the next fortnight. <laughs> a fortnight to recover. Um, <laughs> so how, who would, you, okay, we'll do a threefold question. Who would you recommend it for? And if anyone wants to know more information and perhaps become involved, what, what can they do? As far as um, who can get involved, um, unfortunately with our insurance that we have to have, it is um, a 15 plus event. Yep. But um, pretty much we have from 15 year olds up to, we've had some 60 year olds playing. It's really anyone can play. 60 year olds. Um, yep. Okay. And there's, there's a lot of different roles, even if you're not, you know, super active or you you know, you might have some injuries or something. There's other things you can do. You can be an archer, you can be a healer. There is less combat intensive roles. This is getting fascinating, I tell you. <laughs> yep, so yeah, it really is an all age event. Um, it, that's the good thing about live action role play. It's a bit different to when they fight with steel swords and stuff like that, where you need to be a very fit individual. Mm-hmm. Because we're only using foam weapons, you know, it's a bit more inclusive and yeah you get all types and one would imagine they break a bit easier would, would that be the case oh they're actually pretty pretty durable um we a lot of the commercially made ones now uh, the company's been around for 10 15 years and um we've got weapons that are at least five years old and still going strong okay and for more information so for more information probably the best place to find us is if you have facebook on if you search for swordcraft gippsland yep yep and um otherwise you're you're welcome to come along to our game days so it's just the agnes berridan reserve yep um it is every second weekend just so, remind us where that is if we're not in yeah so uh that's in Jerobin, sorry it's on yep. Breed street yep i know the area well yeah yep, very good all right, well, Anthony, thanks for that. As I hear, you fulfilled a mission of mine to actually find out more about this. And um, just uh, all the best for later on in the year in, uh, at Loudoun Park and um, carry on the fun activities every fortnight. 
problems. All right. Thanks a lot for having us on. And um, if anyone wants to check it out, even just to have a look at some photos and that, just go check out our Facebook group. And yeah. And can you actually have spectators as well at the day? Or? Yeah, of course. Spectators are more than welcome. Like even if um, you have children that, that are too young to play, they're more than welcome to come along and watch. Sounds like it would be something fun to watch. All right. Well, thanks, Anthony, again for your time. And um, yeah, all the best for the next one I gather. Anthony Mason from Swordcraft, Swordcraft Gippsland. Uh, talking there about well, what it's all about with Swordcraft, uh, Swordcraft Gippsland. And I, as I said, um, you know, I just had to fulfill a mission of mine just to find out more about it since my days in community radio. So that formed a highlight of the week. And uh, look, I can't, couldn't just stop at one because I was absolutely amazed at how far a young... Uh, Gippslander has come with his um, involvement in racing media to being director by a horse, uh, uh, by a horse, and um, I've got to revisit that story today as well. And I hope you were inspired by it. So we hear from Justin Darcy, a fourteen-year, a fourteen-year-old, a twenty-one-year-old from Trialgan, who uh, has had heavy involvement in racing media and what have you, and. To his involvement in uh, Buy a Horse, in, in um, being director of Buy a Horse. And so we hear his story again and uh, how he became involved in the uh, in the racing media area and also in the um, as director of Buy a Horse. So here's Justin Darcy again in the second highlight for uh, for this Friday as uh, we re as we re. Um, as I revisit on a Friday, a couple of highlights that uh, helped shape the podcast in the week that was. And welcoming to the podcast is Justin Darcy. How are you going? Very good, thank you, Alan. Yourself? Yeah, very well, very well. Now, I've just, um, before I get to what I really want to talk about, um, which is, um, well, you're a director at Buy a Racehorse, but we'll get, we'll get to that in a minute, but... You've obviously got a keen interest in racehorses, and I think we were talking about the other day about um, when you were 15, you had an interest in, in media, in media with with horse racing and everything. Yeah, so with me and horse racing, um, it's sort of been a match made in heaven since I was about uh, five or six years old, I think, when I was about six. I tipped my prep teacher, the Melbourne Cup winner, Delta Blues, and um, ever Sorry, since your, 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 your prep teacher. Yes, my prep teacher, um, Mrs. Quinn, so hopefully she's listening to this and she can remember it, um, but uh, yeah, she was she was pretty stoked that I tipped her the winner and I sort of had the bug since then, mum and dad have owned small shares in horses as oh, yeah. well growing up, so I've often been at the races around horse racing people, uh, yeah. when I was about 10 or 11 I found out that my cousin owned a syndication called Dream Thoroughbreds, yeah. which... Um, I own a few horses through at the moment as well, as well as some family and friends do too. Yep. And they also advertise through my website at the moment. But um, that again caught my interest in racing. Um, I was sort of still learning everything about it. And just with that extra little thing with family being in racing, I sort of followed certain horses more and learned more about pedigrees and breeding. Mm -hmm. And um, when I was about 13 or 14, I started writing a little bit about racing through school. Yep. Um, any writing tasks or any school tasks, I'd try and make it related to horse racing. And when I was about 15, I started writing up some little practice articles for 
some people in the racing media, such as uh, Mick Sharkey, who's on RSN of a morning. Yep. He, he was a big influence to me wanting to be in the media yep. um, as, as I get older. Um, and then I've sort of just written for uh, companies, Melbourne Racing Club. I've done a little bit for, I've written for RSN before. I've uh, put up a piece in the Ladies in Racing magazine, which was my first ever hard copy publish. Uh, I've been working for TRFM since I was 16, just doing their weekly horse racing reports. Oh, wow. At local race meetings. Yep. So, yeah, since then I've sort of just been really into the media and hopefully one day, aiming maybe 26 or 27, working on the screens of racing.com and hopefully presenting the races to you. Okay, and, and what, uh, well, I'll be listening for your tips too. Um, <laughs> yeah, so on this those two well-known avenues here, racing.com, bets.com.au too. Yeah, so bets.com I picked up uh, was my first full-time gig outside of my first job, which was working at Woolies. So once I finished school, I worked at Woolies for probably another uh, six or seven months, and then I got offered this job at bets.com, bets.com.au, which is working from home, just doing race riding, uh, tipping, and it's not all about race as well, it was a lot about do, uh, doing sports tipping and sports previews and things like that, mm-hmm. AFL, yep. cricket, tennis, yep. um, but with the racing stuff that really, I thought, well, this is a little door to sort of, I guess, open up a few avenues into race riding and sort of get more pieces published to my name on one specific website. And I guess learn because I wasn't doing heaps of form at the time either yeah. uh, with horse racing, and this was a job that uh, needed a lot of form study and I guess tipping, which I thought was something else I could learn and something else I can I guess add to, add to my bow. Um, but yeah, bets dot com's been really good. I'm still working for them at the moment, and uh, racing dot com I picked up uh, just before. Uh, probably t- well, 2019, late 2019 it would have been. Yeah. And I worked for them for about three or four months into 2020 and then I sort of... And uh, was, was, it, was all this from home? Oh, yeah, all this is from home. So oh, wow. All done from my bedroom. So in the morning I get out of bed, take two steps to my left and I'm sitting at my desk. So, so you don't um, have to get dressed up for work. That's, that's fantastic. Oh, I, 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 I don't have to. <laughs> I can sit there in a singlet and shorts if I really want to. But yeah, I just, yeah, just, I just won't go um, any further, right? Just... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, basically it's all done from home, it makes it really easy. But racing.com, I sort of had to, lost a bit of touch with them over COVID. And then just uh, in the past three or four months, I've started picking up shifts, shifts with them again, doing their social media. Yep. So again, that's my foot in the door. Well, racing, door. racing is starting to take off again, so. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. And then Mel- I worked for Melbourne Racing Club as well as a racing admin there. I yep. worked alongside Julian Cook and Josh Rudder. Um, they've both been really helpful to me. Josh has been absolutely wonderful for about four or five years for me. Sort of introduced to him. I was taking some photos for a magazine I created at school, and I was taking them on course, and he was sort of showing me the ropes there. And I guess in the end, that led to led to a bit of a casual job, which I'm doing on weekends, which is calling up America. And America. And, and yeah, so I call up America for all of Adelaide's races, Victorian races. Um, on a Saturday and Sunday, and I shut down a bookmaker called ExpressBet because their vision is roughly seven seconds behind our vision, so mm-hmm. it just saves any, any any corrupt business going on for someone in America saying, oh, which horse has missed the kick, where's the favourite positioned in the run, within that seven-second time frame, because an equivalent to horse racing, that's about 35 to 40 lengths, Ooh. which is a long way. Okay, yep. 
But um, you just mentioned about corruption in horse riding. Yeah, surely not. Um, <laughs> okay, now on to... I guess this is a good chance to ring in because this is what I was going to talk to you about. Director of Buy a Racehorse. I've never even heard of it. Never even heard of Buy a Racehorse. Buy into a racehorse. What have you yeah, like so Buy a Racehorse.com.au was a site I got introduced to uh, in March last year where I uh, got a phone call from one of the silent partners and they said to me that uh, would I be interested in taking over the role as director? Can all, it can be done at home. And of course this was before the peak of COVID where things yeah. sort of all shut down and they sort of just said, oh, you'll be running the site, uh, putting through inquiries that come through the site to the syndicators that have horses listed with us and just basically doing some of that maintenance work, putting out a weekly newsletter, uh, running the social media I mean, it doesn't require a heap of work to do it at the moment because we don't have a heap of syndicators with us at the moment. But again, still, it's only 12 months into it. We're looking to grow. But the business has been active prior to me taking over. Yep. Uh, I think it was active for about two or three years, but the previous director sort of struggled to have a bit of time to put into the site and give it a bit of love and nurture that it needed for that first little bit to sort of give it a face. Mm-hmm. But um, over covid when I took over, I, when I, well, initially when I took over, I should say, I was thinking I'll be heading off to Melbourne, Sydney, Queensland for all the sales. When trainers buy horses or when syndicators buy horses, going up to them, yep. introducing myself and sort of showing them the brand, wearing a T-shirt yep. um, and making it really well known. But COVID stopped all that. Only limited numbers were allowed to sale. Uh, yeah, etc., etc. But now that everything's opened back up again, it's going to make it a little bit easier uh, to to get to these sales, to meet people, to see trainers, to see syndicators. The syndicators are especially the ones I need. They're the ones coming through and list stuff with my website. So they might buy a horse from the sales, put it up on my website after they have the uh, correct approvals from uh, Racing Victoria. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, off we go from there. Customer clients will come through the site, inquire about a horse and I'll receive that. Inquiry. All right. Well, well, let's let's do this in a bit of a role play. I want to come to you. Do you buy a buy a horse? What do I need to know? So basically, you'll come you, when you hop on the site, buy a racehorse. It'll come up with two pages. It'll come up with buyracehorse.com.au and buyracehorse.com.au exchange. So the buyracehorse.com.au normal page is where you'll see syndicated horses, all of them unraced. And then yep. the exchange is the other half of the website, which we're still going through a bit of building with. But that is for uh, race horses and people just wanting to sell their own shares in horses to someone else. Mm-hmm. Those just a, it could be a set fee of their choice. Um, and yeah, that's sort of another little half to the website. But to buy a race horse, if you're looking to go into a syndicated horse, you click on that, and then you'll see a big page come up with horse of the week, horses of the month, um, just a few little different things like that on. And I guess you might pick a horse based on its colour. You might want a chestnut. You might want a grey. You might want a horse trained by Anthony Friedman. You might want a horse trained by Kieran Ma. Or you might just want a horse in Victoria. Or you might just want a horse worth $1,000 for 5%. Again, there's a range of that. And you just click whichever horse suits you best for what you're looking for. And then there'll be a little box down the bottom under a long description of the horse, everything about it, pedigrees, who the horse is related to, what the horse they think could possibly be, any anything about the dam, anything about the sire, the trainer, the syndication, it's all listed there. And then you send an inquiry, which will come to my inbox. And, and that's when I, you give me a call. I can give you the call, 
I, I can send you an email as well. Mm-hmm. Or um, I also am, I guess, a third party that introduces you, the client, mm-hmm. to syndicator who you're buying the horse from. And that's how that connection's made rather than, I guess, you having to go straight to a syndicator and waiting in line for them to get back to you as such. Oh, okay. Seems... Seems like a simple enough process, I think. But yeah, um, it's, it's pretty simple. Once, once you sort of see it all and have a go at it, it's a really easy process and it's done really quickly. Okay, why would you want to buy into a share of a racehorse? Buying into a racehorse is obviously not something that you can just do willy-nilly because there is an initial expense to it yeah. for the share price. But yeah. buying into the horse itself, if you've got a little bit of spare money that you might want to have a bit of fun with, Buying into a racehorse, I couldn't wreck it anymore. The thrill is just not, not even seeing the horse race, going down to the stables, meeting all the people. There's such a social aspect to racing. All, the, conne- all, all the connections of the horse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, you might yeah. buy 5% in the horse and there might be 25 other people in the horse as well, all with different ranges of shares. And It's just a good way to meet people. It's a good way to sort of get out and go down to the stables. You can go pat the horse. They'll go... Um, they'll parade it in front of you and then of course on race day you get things uh, you rock up to the race course you get a free drink, you get a free snack or a meal, whatever they have there and you get the thrill of the horse racing and, if, thrill- it, and if it wins you probably can go and buy a few more drinks and snacks, haven't you? <laughs> exactly, you, probably, you probably could if you lose as well, win or lose you get the booze oh, okay. <laughs> not that I encourage it but you know that's, yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. but um, yeah it's the thrill of seeing a horse run something that I find really hard to explain. The feeling is absolutely incredible. It's the build-up and the anxiousness, especially coming into their first start, not knowing what they're going to do. Yeah. For example, I had a horse run in January in a Blue Diamond preview. Yep. Um, so that race is part of a series that leads up to a $1.5 million race. Mm-hmm. Um, having my horse in that, he was $81 in the race, but still... I was anxious, I was nervous, I was sweating, <laughs> but the thrill of it just during the race of what's going to happen next, it was, it was, it's something I can't explain. Um, and and um, the question is, how did it go? Uh, he didn't go any good in that. Okay, for an He then ran a sale after that. Um, he's since been gelded, but he's, I mean, I think he's got a bit of promise still ahead. So, again, you never know until they actually race and get a lot more consistent racing, and then you can decide to do it with uh, you can decide what to do with your share after that, but it's just exciting. The thrill of it is something I can't explain. It's, it's no matter who I ask, whether they've been in racing for fifty years or whether they've just joined into the racing scene, the thrill's exactly the same. And it's the big thing I think is you could win at Stony Creek, yeah, and it's an absolute party, or yeah. you could win at Flemington, and it's an absolute party. The thrill and the build-up to no matter where you're racing and what type of race it is, it's all the same. Because you feel like you own 100% of the horse, and it's your horse, whether you own half a percent or 100%. Wow, that is impressive. (laughs) (laughs) I can't explain it, seriously, it's the best. So, uh, well recommended then, I take it. Um, I'll take your recommendation, and I'll (laughs) consider it myself. (laughs) Um, If I'm brave enough, that is. Of course, you need to be a little bit brave sometimes to buy into them, because of course... There's always that risk that they might hit the track. They mightn't actually have a winner race, but then there's always the fun of meeting people, going down and seeing the horse and seeing what it does. Okay, well, have you actually ever handled a sale for any connections, of, like horse connections to another famous horse, have you? Um, 
Well, being with the site for only 12 months, sort of, those horses that I was selling early on are only just two and three year olds yeah, now. Yeah. Um, I haven't had heaps of horses come through the site, but a little success story I've had is a horse called Billionaire. He was an expensive yearling purchase from Dream Thoroughbreds, and he went through the site um, and ended up racing twice or three times as a colt before they had to geld him. And since the gelding operation, he's come back with a lot of speed and he looks like a real racehorse now. He's won two of his four races this preparation and placed second in another two, including a couple um, in town, which is really exciting going forward for him. Um, we've also had another horse, we've had a horse listed on the exchange um, where someone put up 5% in this horse called Open Minded. And they put up a set, of, they put up a set fee for it uh, to buy that share yeah. off him. Yeah. That share didn't sell. But that horse has subsequently gone on to win five races in a row or four races in a row, including two or three in town. He won just last week. So, again, for that person who didn't sell his share, it was a blessing in disguise for, for that person. But, again, it's, it shows that there's, there is opportunities on the site um, and they're there to take. And sometimes they're not always the best opportunity, but other times there's golden opportunities like that. So a horse called Billionaire made a billionaire pretty much. No, well, almost. No, uh, almost. I, think he, I definitely think he, he's going to reach a, a, a Saturday grade. He's going to be a nice horse going forward. So. I'll keep an eye on it. I'll keep definitely. an eye on it. Yeah. Well, um, Justin, thanks very much for that. It's just been fascinating to look into that. And also, well done your background because you've started from a very early age getting into this and wish you every, every success in the future. Yeah, thank you very much, Alan. Thanks for having me on, and yeah, I appreciate the little bit of exposure I'm getting here. And yeah, thank you. I can't, I can't thank you enough. All good. Thanks again, Justin Darcy, the 21 year old from Trelgan, uh talking about his involvement in racing media throughout the uh, throughout uh, throughout his career, which started around about at a very early age, and um, also just. Uh, bringing us to his involvement as director of Buy a Horse. And um, as I said, couldn't just leave it at, well, I couldn't just leave, I couldn't separate um, highlights and I just had to include those. They were my two highlights of the week and I hope you enjoyed those two interviews as well this week on the on the Gippsland Showcase podcast. News and events coming up shortly. <laughs> I don't know about you, but whenever I walk into an Irish bar for a meal or a drink, I enter into a nice relaxed environment to wind down. This is definitely a case of Jack Ryan's Irish Bar and Sale, with the highest quality and reasonable priced meals from Palmer's to Steaks and Pasta. Jack Ryan's is your place to be. Situated at 154 Raymond Street and Sale next to Hill Rice Financial Services, they offer karaoke on Thursday nights and live music on Friday and Saturday nights. Jack Ryan's is open 11am to late 7 days. Meal times are Monday to Wednesday 11.30am to 2pm for lunch and 5pm to 9pm for dinner. Thursday to Saturday 11.30am to 9pm all day lunch and dinner. On Sundays open from 9am to 9pm for brunch, lunch and dinner. Takeaway is also available 7 days a week from 5pm to 9pm. For bookings or to order takeaway, please phone 5144008 and you'll definitely want to book and treat mum to a splendid Mother's Day this Sunday at Jack Ryan's with a shared platter and two-course meal consisting of lunch and dessert 
$49 for adults, $35 for seniors, while kids are $15. Mum will be disappointed if she misses out on Mother's Day at Jack Ryan's. Jack Ryan's Irish Bar, sponsor of Gippsland Showcase Podcast. And I am reliably informed that we they still have availability most time slots on Mother's Day, but numbers are looking good for bookings, so I wouldn't actually leave it too much longer if you want to get your mother in to enjoy Mother's Day at Jack Ryan's Irish Bar in Sale. Let's get some news headlines, shall we? And from the Latrobe Valley Express, in an article written by Michelle Slater, Latrobe City Council is investigating a system to monitor airborne and soil lead levels to provide independent real-time information in light of emerging industries in the Latrobe Valley. Latrobe City Councillors supported a motion raised by Councillor Melissa Ferguson at Monday's Ordinary Council meeting requesting a report into how much assistance could be developed. It will look into funding options, information sharing between authorities and the public and best practice monitoring technologies and standards. From the front page of the Gippsland Times today, uh, Friday, May 7, and ExxonMobil has confirmed it will continue its early decommissioning works in Bass Strait this year, as well as planning for the eventual and costly decommissioning of non-producing platforms in the Gippsland Basin. However, the federal government's recent approval of raft changes to Australia decommissioning framework oil and gas companies are facing stricter decommissioning regulations. The process of decommissioning offshore facilities is a complex process for oil and gas companies and inevitably costs the industry billions of dollars. In an article written by Liz Bell in the Gippsland Times Friday May 7, and trying to buy a mouse trap in Gippsland at the moment is like trying to buy toilet paper during lockdown. With the mice plague rapidly marching into Victoria from New South Wales, hardware stores and supermarkets are running out as soon as stock arrives leaving frustrated customers staring at empty shelves. Experts say the most the mouse population explosion, which is much worse in New South Wales, has been brought on by the ideal conditions of warm and wet weather and plenty of food. Agriculture Victoria is aware of increased mice popula- populations in some parts of the state, but believes it is not widespread. A spokesperson said while the mouse numbers were not as high in Victoria as other parts of the country, Mice were still a concern and could damage newly sown crops by eating the sown grain and cause some damage in around harvest time. The authority says potential shortages in rodent management products could be tied to a range of reasons including annual seasonal demands and increased mice numbers interstate. Also from the Gippsland Times, today Friday May 7 and Wellington area police are reminding drivers that new laws are now enforced when passing or overtaking bicycles. Drivers must be at least one metre on roads with speed limits over 60 kilometres and at least 1.5 metres if travelling over 60 kilometres. The minimum passing distance is measured by the widest part of the combination of vehicle and trailer being towed. If drivers cannot pass the bicycle rider safely, they need to slow and wait until the next safe opportunity to do so. For large vehicles, such as when towing boats, horse loads, caravans and tradie trailers, as well as heavy vehicles such as trucks and buses, a safe distance may be more than the 1 metre or 1.5 minimum.
Therefore drivers may need to slow down, sit behind and wait for a safe place to pass. Drivers can use single solid, uh, solid single lines, double lines or centre lines when overtaking people who, who ride bicycles, but only when there is a clear view ahead and it is safe to do so. From the Gippsland Times again on Friday May 7 and Gippsland Public School teachers, principals and support staff are joining the campaign launched by the Australian Education Union for a new Victorian Government Schools Agreement which nominally expired last Friday. The union says excessive workloads for principals, teachers and support staff must be addressed by the government in a new agreement through the employment of additional staff in public schools. AEU Victorian Branch President Meredith Peace said Gippsland government school teachers, principals and support staff were overworked and underpaid. Teachers in Gippsland public schools work an average of 15.5 hours of unpaid overtime every week, she said. Principals are working up to 57 hours per week. Each year, every government school student in Victoria receives $1,384 less funding compared to public school students in all other states and territories. The Gippsland Times again on Friday, May 7, and also four agricultural and pastoral societies in Gippsland have received an additional boost as part of the federal government supporting agricultural shows and field days program. Sale and District Agricultural Society will receive $23,210, Yarram Agricultural Society $3,412, Mafra and District Agricultural Pastoral and Horticultural Society $2,778, and Omean District Agricultural and Pastoral Society $1,500. Gippsland MHR Darren Chester said, the supplementary grants would support local agricultural shows and field days as they begin to host events again. Over recent years in Stratford, two locals saw a need for a gym slash physical fitness centre in the area and so saw the birth of HC Fitness located 21 Princess Highway, Stratford in the industrial area as you head out towards Bensdale. With affordable rates for membership and personal training, Heath and Carly are ready to welcome and assist you in whatever your fitness goals are. Search and like for HC Fitness on Facebook. Also find 0400-313-506 for further inquiries. Check some events happening, and I got. I'll be talking about this every day next week. I can tell you, it's the Tanamba Food and Fight or Food and Wine Festival. Numbers are limited, so head over to their online booking site at trybooking.com forward slash bqnck to not only secure your tickets but to make a five dollar saving per ticket. $15 online, $20 at the gate if there are tickets still available. You can also book buses from there. Tickets are give you, tickets give you a free tasting glass and access to tastings and purchases from seven of the region's most exciting wineries. And it would take days to travel around all of them individually. And you get to enjoy fabulous Gibson wine and food while listening to some excellent entertainers and sultanas and Misty Henderson. So sounds like a good day out for on 
on Sunday, May 16, which is not this coming Sunday, but next Sunday, for the Food and Wine Festival, 11am to 4pm, Sunday, May 16. After the lockdown last year, it'll be wonderful to see everyone back at the Hayfield Vintage Machinery Rally on the date of Saturday, May 15 and Sunday, May 16 from 9am to 3pm at the Gordon Street Reserve in Hayfield. And the cost is adults $10 and 16 to 18-year-olds $5 and under 16 free. And there'll be a great display of steam engines, stationary engines, vintage trucks, cars and motorcycles, vintage tractor pull and much, much more. And for any extra, any extra information, you head to the Hayfield Vintage Hayfield Vintage Machinery Rally Facebook page, and uh, leave them a message. And I can just tell you so what so what's so what exactly is there? I'll just I'll just read this out: steam engines, as I said, stationary engines, engines, memorabilia, vintage trucks, cars, and motorbikes, vintage tractor pull from twelve noon on Saturday and all day Sunday. There will also be blacksmith demonstrations throughout the weekend, a tractor trek on Saturday, Grand Parade Saturday and Sunday, and for exhibitors there will be a Saturday night meal and on-site catering for visitors before they come to the event, so plenty of hot food to look forward to, hot and cold food I should say, with hot and cold drinks available as well. So that's the... Hayfield Vintage Machinery Rally over the course of next weekend, May 15, May 16, Saturday and Sunday respectively. And I have to say a lot's happening next weekend around the region, including this, you can view photographs from Australia's best photographers as they are exhibited on in the Warrigal Camera Club's 48th National Photographic Competition forward slash exhibition presented at the prestigious West Kippsland Arts Centre Fountain Room from May 14, Saturday, from Friday, May 14 to Sunday, May 16, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. with the awards presentation on Sunday 16th at, May, at uh, Sunday 16th of May at 2 p.m. Bookings are essential through the West Gippsland Arts Centre, and strict COVID guidelines will be in place to protect you and the community. And a free event happening next Sunday, May 16. It's Ride the Wetlands, it's the Port of Sale, Precinct Canal Road, Sale in Sale. As I said, Sunday, May 16th from 9am to 12pm. Registrations from 8.30am at the uh, Precinct Canal Road. And it's for all ages and abilities, and there'll be fun activities and games, food vans, family entertainment, and free entry, as I said. Yeah, and um, yeah, all registrations avail uh, start from eight thirty a.m. that day. I'm Alan Gray. That's all I have time for on today's edition of the Gibson Showcase podcast for Friday, the seventh of May, twenty twenty-one. And don't forget. To to search and like for the Gippsland Showcase podcast page on Facebook where each edition of Gippsland Showcase podcast is posted and also available on podcast platforms such as Spotify and Google. Perhaps your friends or family outside the Gippsland area or know of any former Gippsland residents who are no longer in the area 
They may like to keep up to date with what is going on throughout Gippsland regarding news, events, places of interest and peoples of interest. Make sure you let them know how they can access this daily podcast. If you need to get in touch with me for anything, you can by sending a message to the Gippsland Showcase Podcast Facebook page or email at gippsandshowcasepodcast at gmail.com. That's gippsandshowcasepodcast at gmail.com. You can also email me to subscribe free of charge to this podcast as well. Have a safe weekend, a happy weekend. I look forward to speaking to you on Monday. And on behalf of me, host of Gippsland Showcase Podcast, the wonderful sponsors I have at HC Fitness, Jack Ryan's Irish Bar in sale, Our Pastimes in sale, and the Rosedale Butchers, a very happy Mother's Day to all the mothers this weekend. Once again, look forward to talking to you on Monday.